Hey everybody, this is Pierre Quinn and you're listening to episode number 120 of the Leading Wild Green podcast where my mission is to help you live, learn, and lead with confidence. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Brian J. Olds, founder and president of the Black Speakers Network. Now, before we jump into that conversation with Brian, I just want to thank you for all that you do to support the Leading Wild Grain podcast, your shares on social media. You've reviewed it. You've rated it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You've even asked Alexa to play the latest episode of the Leading Wild Grain podcast. So all the things that you do, the incredible feedback you give have been a huge part of keeping this movement to inspire and equip the next generation of leaders alive. So thank you once again for continuing to push this forward. Now, I mentioned a couple of episodes back that we took a break, a quarantine break, some reflection, some retooling. And I have a backlog of previous interviews that I'm slowly dripping uh, the content into into this podcast platform. But I'm also seasoning in some more recent interviews as well, like the one that I did recently with Brian J. Olds. Brian is the founder and president of the Black Speakers Network. He wasn't born with a natural enthusiasm for public speaking. But he's a burgeoning change agent in the speaking industry, and the Baltimore native inadvertently entered the world of speaking when he delivered his first speech to the Morgan State University Toastmasters Club in 2006. And Brian Brian recalls this as one of his most defining life moments. And he ended that speech with a standing ovation and an ignited passion for public speaking. Brian is identified as a curator of collaboration, and he specializes in empowering rising professional speakers to create clarity, streamline systems, and cultivate the relationships needed to reach the unique audience they are called to serve. His passion for speaking, diversity, and building relationships led him to create the Black Speakers Network, a membership-based professional speaker development and empowerment company with an active network of more than 10,000 speakers. Black Speakers Network is committed to equipping, connecting, and inspiring the next generation of black professional speakers. Here's my conversation with Brian J. Olds. I'm excited to be joined on this episode of the Leading While Green podcast by the president and founder of the Black Speakers Network, Brian J. Olds. Brian, thanks for being my guest today. Hey, listen, Pierre, it's been a long time coming, man. I appreciate that. And I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Man, I'm glad we could finally finally get together, man. Let's go back a couple of years. Talk, talk to us about the collegiate version of you. And back when you were in, in college, what was on your mind as it related to what your career would look like? What plans did you have? What, what grand dreams were you dreaming while you were still in college? Yeah, no, it's, it's easy, man. So, I mean, literally, if you had been sitting in next to me in a small classroom at Morgan State University, MSU, uh, you would have watched as I stood up, walked to the front of the room and delivered my very first speech and Toastmasters. And so for anybody listening, if they're not familiar with Toastmasters, uh, neither was I, but it is an organization that's focused on helping you develop your public speaking and leadership skills. So this is one of the very first meetings and I was one of the very first speakers. And um, I, I had to question myself in that moment before I even started speaking, Pierre. I was like, how did I end up here? And the answer to that question is that uh, I was the kid going way back in time. I was a kid sitting on the living room floor uh, glued to the television anytime there was one of the NASA space shuttle launches. Mm-hmm. And so I had this vision of becoming an aerospace engineer, uh, literally wanted to be a rocket scientist. Yeah. And so that was a trajectory that I was on until I got to this one little class in college. I actually got accepted into the engineering school. I hit this one little course called Calculus II uh, <laughs> Differential <laughs> Equations. Uh, uh-huh. Did you ever have to take that? or No, no. Okay. I-, I avoided classes like that at all costs. <laughs> Listen, it that was a very smart move. I had not figured that out. And so I I was like, okay, one day I was taking a test, calculus two, had nothing on the paper. I was like, okay, let me just go see what the school of business is talking about. So like I left on lunch and never came back. And uh, I was lost initially because my entire, you know, high school, early college, I, I, I 
actually got my associates from community college before I ended up at Morgan. So everything was leading up to being an engineer. And now that that had gone away from me, I really didn't know what I was going to do. So when Toastmasters started, I said, hey, you know, I know. For, well, one, I was self-declared introvert. So uh, I was one of those guys that couldn't lead two people in silent prayer, let alone try to lead them <laughs> anywhere. I was like, OK, you know, let me at least get over this fear of, of speaking. Uh, but two, I, I really didn't have anything to lose at that point. And, and I knew I didn't know too much about I didn't know anything about professional speaking. Only thing I knew is that people you think about Barack Obama, you think about, you know, you know, any CEO, political leader, you know, economic leader, they can speak with a level of confidence. And I know I wanted that. And so that's how I volunteered <laughs> to uh, stand up in the very first Toastmasters meeting with my sweaty palms and my shaking voice. And at one point, almost walking out of the room, I said, okay, um, I I'm going to do this. And lo and behold, even with the butterflies crashing around in my stomach, yeah. I eventually made it through my presentation. As I made my way back to my seat, Pierre, I, I realized a couple things. Number one, everyone in the room was clapping and mm -hmm. it made me feel good. But then I realized uh, Toastmasters, Toastmasters is a little bit like church. Like, you know, if you, I mean, if you do anything, like if you bring your lunch to the meeting, you're probably gonna get around with applause, but mm -hmm. made me feel good. Uh, the second thing I realized is that you know, if I could survive and do okay on my first presentation, you know, I can deliver another and two turned into four, four turned into eight. I eventually did my first 10 speeches, which is like the, the first goal in Toastmasters. And then I was like, okay, let me see what I really got. So I started speaking outside of Toastmasters. I started hosting my own events. Um, eventually, Graduated Morgan, ended up in corporate America and um, made my way into a professional development. So I was a trainer and mm -hmm. I saw we were dropping knowledge on people on a weekly basis, as I would say. And so, you know, all these experiences started adding on to each other. Uh, but that was really um, the, the focal point to start. The catalyst uh, was back in 20, 2006, Morgan State University in that small classroom uh, so you're in the professional development space in corporate America and and how much of that is maybe scratching an itch that started for you at Morgan State and Toastmasters and then how much of it was like, ah, this is not quite, you know, maybe what you thought it was going to be or you maybe you didn't have the same feelings when you started. How did it underscore some things for you as far as your journey and then also reveal to you that there was more or that was another stop for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anybody knows about, well, first, you know, when I, I really wanted, it took me four years to get that position. So it wasn't like a, a straight line. Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, I, I graduated in 2007 and in 2008 is when um, the bottom fell out of the economy. And so nobody was hiring. There was not a lot of upward mobility. So I spent a lot of time preparing and um, doing my own thing, quite honestly, while I was preparing to get that position. But when I got it, um, it was I was like, man, give me the mic. I know that I could do this. And um, and, and so to me, that was affirming. Like, I love being in front of the classroom. I love creating uh, learning content. I love seeing the eyes light up of students when they realize like, oh, this is all this is and taking them particularly for my role because I was doing you know, a combination of soft skills training, technology training, and kind of like new hire orientation. So I was working with people that didn't know, like whatever I told them is what they were going to like take into their next job. So it was a yeah. lot of responsibility, but it was a lot of fun. And um, I really enjoyed the experience. And my, my, the, oftentimes we don't think about the different avenues of speaking and we probably talk about that later, but training and development is a very specific area where you're not only, yes, you're speaking, but you also are learning how to, to structure uh, content in a particular way that maximizes a person's ability to actually transfer those knowledge and skills into their role, which leads you to, leads me to the second part of your question, which was, what was the part that was, uh, you didn't, wasn't ready for this? And so for me, uh, most people, I, what I didn't realize is that just like an iceberg, how you've seen that picture where you got the top 20% sticking out, you got the bottom 80% that no one ever sees. Most people, that top 20% of the iceberg is training class. You see 
pipe cleaners, you see the, the, the trainer, you got videos, you got workbooks, you got name tags, all this stuff. That's the top 20%. The 80% that no one ever sees is what we call instructional design. And so there's, there's a methodology to actually building and creating content uh, for adult learners. And so there's a, there's a method called the Addy model. So it's learning how to analyze, design, develop, implement. That's the I, the I that's sticking out of the water, and then evaluate back under the water um, if that training was actually effective. And so I started learning about that. And I was like, wow, this is way more than I bargained for, but I was excited about it. So I actually enrolled um, at University of Maryland and started going through the, the master's program for instructional design because I wanted to understand. So definitely two sides of the oar. And I think, Pierre, yeah. just like anything you know, uh, in life, you start off seduced by one particular part and then you realize this entire other mechanism on the back end that most people don't have insight into man so let's 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 kind of go back a, a little bit you you talked about being a professional in the time period where the economy was just it was just devastated the bottom had fallen out and now at the time of us recording this podcast episode we are dealing with uh, the implications, the fallout of the coronavirus and the devastating that effects that it's had on all aspects of life. What are some lessons from that experience uh, that several years ago with that shift in the economy and scrambling for a job that you brought into this current experience that we're all dealing with globally and how have you used that to make adjustments? Yeah, I mean, these are outstanding questions, first of all. <laughs> but yes, um, I, I do think that. Uh, so for me, it was a little bit of a unique position. I, my heart goes out to people who graduate into that environment mm-hmm. um, because I, I remember I, I graduated in 20, 2007 and then the, the recession hit in 2008. So I already had the position. So it wasn't necessarily harder to find a job. But what I recognize is that, you know, when that climate shifts, you 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 absolutely have to be on your A game in order to like keep your job. And yeah. so one of the lessons I came out of that was just, you know, um, making sure that, you know, you're operating in spirit of, spirit of excellence, because even during that time, there was like a reduction in force initially. But then there, then the decision had to come down to, OK, who are we keeping now? And then who are we going to continue to keep month over month? But what I recognize from that initial experience was that we absolutely can't afford to have all of our eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew right away, you're going to have to create multiple streams of income. And so for me, back in 2008, I'm only have like, I, I didn't create BSN until 2016. I had another company that I started beforehand, but it was a real lesson and understanding that at, at not, and this is beyond entrepreneurship, this is beyond speaking, just in life in general, you have to um, hedge your bets. You have to create um, mechanisms in your life where you're able to, um, you know, if one thing goes down, you still have something else. And so I don't think at all I was the best saver, the best investor. I never maxed out my 401k. You know, I didn't have, you know, any um, like wealthy uncles or anything to fall yeah. back on. Like if I messed up, it was just, it was, it was a wrap. Like cars getting repossessed, you know, um, moving back home type of thing. So yeah. um, that's the big thing that I want. And so a lot of times in times of economic uh, prosperity, you can kind of get lulled into like a false sense of security because it's like, hey, you know, got money in the bank, food on the table, everything's great, mm-hmm. you know, not preparing for a rainy day. And so it, it's kind of like the biggest thing I took away from that is learning how to manufacture a sense of urgency, even when things are going well, so that when things aren't, it, it, it's, it, you can, you can be ready for it. Man, Brian, that's good, man. That, that, that's good. So talk to us about this foray into the public speaking context for you. You've had some instructional design things under your belt. You've worked as a corporate trainer. You know, you're still continuing with the Toastmasters and, continue to sharpen the saw of that particular skill. What was it like for you? And, you know, and as a professional speaker, I resonate with this as well. What was it like for you when you realized that in the speaking world, it wasn't just about being good Mm -hmm. or even when you, when you realized and you looked around and I'm pretty sure you have, 
that there are people as it relates to delivery that maybe, you know, they haven't had the same polish or preparation that you've had in your Toastmasters and other experiences, um, but they are just absolutely <laughs> positively, literally just raking in uh, the, the revenue. And it's like, wait, I thought this was just about being good because I'm good and I get ovations and, you know, people really affirm me. When did it click for you that th- it was a little bit more to it as a professional speaker uh, than some of the things that we're customarily attracted to? Yeah. So, you know, I made the shift and uh, I actually, you know, started BSN in 2016, but I started looking into, you know, I realized that there was a professional speaking industry uh, shortly after, you know, getting into Toastmasters. So, uh, but I didn't realize the scope, the scale, like you said, people making money hand over fist. And so what I started doing, seeking out organizations, um, that's when I ran into, you know, National Speakers Association and, um, you know, all these PSA, NSA, everybody had a, a different take on it. But at the end of the day, um, I really wanted to um, connect with uh, my the biggest way I learn is just through community. Like if I'm going to do anything, I don't care if I'm trying to, you know, learn how to sell a house or buy a house or if I'm trying to learn how to cook or dance, like I need to be around other people. I need to be able to look to the left, look to the right look up, look down and see like what's going on around me. And so uh, that was one of the biggest reasons, um, you know, because I didn't find a community as accessible um, as BSN, I I sought to create one. And so um, making this transition from public speaker to, as you said, professional speaker was a very um, enlightening process because you're right. Oftentimes in Toastmasters, Toastmasters really isn't like a proving ground or a preparation uh, vehicle for professional speaking from the perspective of building a speaking business. Mm-hmm. Toastmasters is all about um, Toastmasters is all about your message, like clarifying your message. So um, they they could care less about uh, content. They're worried about you know your delivery. So creating effective opening, body, conclusion vocal variety, hand gestures, using visual aids, incorporating humor, keeping the audience's attention. All of those things is this Toastmasters. And so when I started BSN in 2016, um, I got really curious. And I, I started, you know, even to this day, we collect a lot of information up front on our members and just really start to figure out where people are getting stuck in the journey. And, and truly, we have speakers that come in from all different levels. Like some people come in, they are still afraid to speak. And that's, that's one area. I think that's the minority in BSN. Most people are like, like I was like, give me the mic. I will rock the house. Just give me a shot, put me in a webinar or whatever. They may not know what they're talking about, but they're, they're ready to go. Um, so that's some, some people, the other people are coming, some group come in and they are absolutely Uh, They may not be as clear on that message, but they know that they want to speak and they have, you know, a general idea of the direction. They may have already been paid as a a speaker just, you know, by happenstance or just from getting out there enough. Um, We have others who come in and they already are successful entrepreneurs, they're lawyers, they're accountants, they're CPAs, and um, they they own bakeries. They do all these different types of things, and they want to leverage speaking as a marketing channel to grow their traditional business. And so, and, and I'm vastly oversimplifying these profiles, but just to point out that people come in at all these different levels. So for us, we recognized early on that it was super important to... Um, create a curriculum, create a uh, path uh, for people to follow. And for us, it came in the form of the five M's. And so with everybody that we work with in BSN, um, regardless of where you are, the goal, the five goals are the same. We want to help you get clarity on your mission, your message, marketing, how to monetize and how to manage your speaking business. So mission, message, marketing, how to monetize and manage. And again, Toastmasters is message. It's all about message, like getting clarity on that. They're not helping you market anything. They're not helping you monetize anything. But truly, and that's how all business is structured. You have to get super clear on what problem you're solving in the marketplace. Uh, what is your unique value 
um, to solving that problem, the process you're going to take people through. And that's the exact same thing in Black Speakers Network. And you're right. You know, there are people that kind of leapfrog over some of those M's and go right to, you know, how to monetize. And I think, you know, you can do that at a certain point. Um, but to really um, scale this type of business and not even just scaling, but to have um, staying power when you see people who, um, you know, I've seen people make a lot of money, um, six, 12, 36 months, and you never hear from them again. And then you have people who, um, like a Craig Valentine, like an Andy Henriquez, who yeah. have been in this business, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 plus years, still relatively young, but they have staying power. They have, they built a reputation of people that deliver on excellence. So, you know, their products aren't just a cash grab. They're truly interested in creating value and transformation in the lives of other people. And so there's a shift in mindset there, but it is necessary to have all five conversations because you can be, you know, the best um, marketer in the world and you get on stage and the downside is when you get there and you can't deliver, then you're not going to be invited back. So those people, the rehire rate for those individuals is abysmal because if you got, if you, if you sold your way on that stage and you know, your, your rating and all that came back negative, then it's not good anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. both got to look at it from both perspectives. Now on the other side, you can be a person that absolutely is um amazing like you could be an eloquent speaker tell incredible stories and um and ultimately not be able to uh, be, just be broke you just be at a really amazing uh storyteller um but not be able to have um any conversion because you haven't mastered the marketing side so you need both and, and i i know we all know people outside of even the speaking world who are are masters of their craft, it, no matter the discipline, but that ability to communicate to others their value really keeps them masters of their craft, but broke, like, like you just said. I'm sure we all have stories uh, and connections like that. Uh, I want to ask you, so what made you say, okay, it's, it's time to start a community? I've experienced community with Toastmasters. I've been doing some research in other organizations, but now I want to start like my own community, like what, what, what was that like? And, and how was making that transition to being, and I'll follow you on social media. So I know a little bit more of the story, but kind of walk the leading wild green community through what making that transition was like for you. Yeah. So that's actually my favorite part of the story because um, when I started BSN, it was a website and a, and a, um, a Facebook group basically. <laughs> there was no, like, you know, my mind wasn't on um, community necessarily, but what I realized um, almost instinctively is that if you're going to be, if you sell, if you sell anything, it really doesn't matter what it is. Um, I mean, if it could be a coffee shop, uh, it could be donuts, it could be um, printer equipment. Like the minute that you um, sell a product or a service, what you're basically um, attempting to do or starting to do is the process of creating a relationship uh, with your customers. Uh, and everybody talks about like the customer funnel and customer journey and experience and stuff like that. But the, the more important thing is you as your ability, my belief is um, there's, there's basically um, two variables as it relates to how much economic prosperity that you can achieve. It's, you know, the formula is, um, you know, solving a problem. And the other variable is the, the amount of people that you can help um, and the size of the, the potential problem. So those are kind of the three. So if, you, if you're like, hey, I, I want to be, I want to make more money. You want to make more money than what you currently make. You can you could you have a couple of different leverage you could pull. You could um, serve more people, i.e., increase the amount of customers that you serve. Um, you could solve help those same people solve a bigger problem. You know, so offering more things along with they that's related to whatever you're solving, or um, you could help 
other people solve a bigger problem. So like cure for cancer type of thing. So those are the only variables. And so for me, it's kind of like intuitively, if I'm going to begin this process of helping speakers, one of the biggest things I'm going to have to do is develop um, a, a way of standing contact with them. And a community is the easiest way to do that. Now, um, coincidentally, we, uh, we started, we didn't, we started with Twitter. Uh, Twitter was our very first uh, social media platform that I created. And then we were um, trying to um, funnel Twitter, use Twitter to capture their emails and grow our email list. And so I remember talking with my friend, Jonathan Pasley. I was like, man, how does this whole thing work? And he was the one that introduced me to like websites like Active Campaign uh, for the email marketing and customer relationship management tool. I had no idea what that, I knew what an email list was, but I had no idea what Active Campaign was. He's like, you're gonna need a way to find people. So that's social media. Um, they're gonna need a way to understand who you are. So a website. So I came home one night and built a, uh, I signed up for Squarespace because I had zero coding experience. And I was like, hey, I just need a website. And even to this day, like as we're recording this now, having this conversation now, Pierre, our, our, the Squarespace website that I built in 2016 is just now the web team is, is porting that domain to our new website, uh, which is on uh, WordPress. And so after four years, <laughs> we're just now transitioning to a new site, which I'm super excited about, but I built all of that from scratch. Social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, we eventually got on Instagram, and the whole goal was building communities around our mission, equip, connect, and inspire. So we're constantly sharing information and resources. And also keep in mind, Pierre, I'm not a Les Brown. You know, I'm not a I'm not a Craig, but like I'm not one of these people that can come onto the stage and say, hey, listen to me. I have 20 years of speaking experience in the game. I've been a paid professional speaker. I've hired professional speakers. I've created my own stages. Like I've done enough to say, hey, I'm not new. But at the same time, I'm not trying to be the end all be all expert in all these different areas. And so um, true to form with BSN as a network. My, my goal wasn't just to bring together a network of speakers, but also a, a network of thought leadership, uh, of thought leaders who can provide content for speakers in addition to my own. So uh, at no point, I actually shied away for a long time of having BSN, have me myself just be the face of BSN. You know, I wasn't building a personal brand around Brian Oles. I was building a brand around an idea around vision. And when you're creating a company, you can do either or. You can build and you can build a business around a person, it's a personal brand. You can build a business around an idea or a concept. You can build it around a service, or you can build it around a product. And so for me, that was the the biggest path to success. And over time, you know, I started to elevate my thought leadership in very specific areas. Um, but even still to this day. Um, my, I, I don't insert myself into the center of everything that we do. Like if somebody wants a website, um, I'm, I'm sending them to my guy, Marshall Fox or 120 designs or professional speaker websites. Uh, uh, we met, I think through Robert, um, YB Youngblood. So, uh, if somebody needs LinkedIn, I'm sending them to YB or to Bianca. So like these different areas that make up the five M's my biggest focus has been to find thought leaders and strategic business partners to help our members um, grow in those specific areas of their business. And I'm just kind of like the conductor, making sure that stuff is moving, that we got the systems and, um, you know, things are, are moving forward in a productive and equitable way. As powerful, the, the connections and the growth that's come out of this community. I work with YB on my LinkedIn uh, my LinkedIn messaging as well. And I had Marshall Fox as a guest on a previous podcast episode. So shout out to 120 Design Studio. Um, w- yeah. want to ask you, Brian, and what, what have you learned about what it takes to really not just build community, but sustain it? Because we look at, if, as we look at social media, uh, sometimes, as you mentioned before, we're very good at attracting attention. But it's one thing to attract attention, to, to, to get people to pay attention to what you're doing. It's another thing to sustain that through, through a sense of community. 
And for those of you who, who have never heard of Black Speakers Network, it's an amazing community. We're going to plug it like crazy at the end of this conversation. Uh, but talk to us a little bit about what it takes to sustain. After you've gotten something built, after you have a, a core group of interests and people sort of trickling in, what does it take to sustain something like that? And it really experience the type of growth because you've had tremendous growth in Black Speakers Network. What is it, what is it like to hold all of that together? Yeah. I mean, when you put it that way, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but, but no, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, one thing that comes to mind is a proverb which says um, it's um, I think it's an African proverb or something like that. It's like if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Yeah. So I lean on that a lot because honestly, it's kind of like there, there's a lot of things you can do in business that in the short term can make you a lot of money very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the other side of that is potentially, um, you know, if you're not bringing people along the journey with you, to me, it's it doesn't make as much sense. And it's also not as the word you use sustainable. Yeah. I think when you're trying to build now, some people would look at BSN and I've had people, you know, come into BSN. Um, I've had people, you know, offer or <laughs> aggressively suggest to, to take over, um, you know, parts of the brand and stuff like that. And I, I've, I've turned down money and offers and, and different things because it didn't align with the, the core values and the belief. Um, that I saw for the organization. And so if it took me an additional two years, um, like last year was our fourth year in business. It was our first year doing six figures. Um, I, a lot of people could argue we did a lot faster with a lot of different other mechanisms. And that might be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes we get focused on like the amount of money and we don't really focus on realize that how you make the money is just as important, if not more important than how much money you have and how much money is earned and money that comes at the expense of um, your, your reputation or people, um, the, the trust and the, um, the ability to truly create results for people. It, It matters. And that's honestly, you know, how bad reputations are created in our industry. And when I say industry, I'm not really just talking about the quote unquote speaking industry. I'm talking about the information marketing space, which is hundred billion dollar plus industry. Every self-help book, every YouTube pre-roll, every um, audio course, like people consume these things by the billions of dollars on an annual basis. And um, a, a lot of it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. And it's not because necessarily the information is bad. I mean, um, a lot of this doesn't change. We, we're, we're, we're charged to talk about truths that don't really change too much. Like, yeah. I can't imagine how many like fitness products are on the market and everybody, you know, for example, wants to know how to lose weight. Everybody knows the secret to lose weight, move more, eat less, <laughs> like move more, eat less, two things. But mm-hmm. they got all these, you know, it's a, that's a billions of dollars all in itself. So it's, it's not like the information is changing. The, the the way in which you deliver it and and create opportunity space for people to be able to um to um apply that information to their individual lives and business mm-hmm. is what matters the perspective that matters the context that you create that matters and um so um that that's part of it so just keeping that in mind and when you start um, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because, you know, when you have a community like if you have a Facebook community now with, let's say, I don't know, 50 people, mm-hmm. you know, you, people could somebody could argue, well, that's not a big deal. It's 50 people like it. Who cares if you, you know, do X, Y, Z, you know, but the money and opportunity only serves to amplify you know, whatever's created initially anyway. And so whatever you do at 50, you're going to do at 500, you're going to do at 5,000, you're going to do at 50,000. But the stakes are just going to be a lot higher, right? And so uh, to me, I I, I wanted to um, 
build and we are going to build a, a, a major brand. I'm, I'm very proud to have 10,000 folks a part of our community now and growing, but it, it, it's it's done in a way where we're um, we want to go far. So we bring others with us. And when I say others, I'm, I'm talking about our speakers. Um, I'm talking about our partners and I'm talking about um, the folks that, you know, will be on our team that will continue to serve the community. And so um, fast. So I guess my, my point is, you know, all money is not great money or mm-hmm. good money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the desire to um, to grow is is necessary. Like all businesses should have benchmark. We should have goals. We should be aggressive about, you know, hitting those targets. Um, you know, I but I, I do think on the other side that needs to be tempered with a desire to ensure that we truly are doing what's in the best interest of others. And that's all going to be calibrated based on who you are as a person. So, so talk about the, the, the benefits of being part of this community. I know some people, you have their interest peak now, Black Speakers Network. Um, man, I'm, what's it about? What do I get out of it? I've heard about networks and memberships before. I've signed yeah. up for things and they didn't work out and it was terrible and there was no engagement. But as a member of the Black Speakers Network community, what's it like and what are the benefits and perks of being part of a community like this? Yeah, so let's break it down. So um, just by being in the Facebook community and on our email list, um, that's the beginning. And so our goal there is just, you know, add value, add value, add value, and also to learn. When you first join the BSN community, um, one of the things you notice is that we do things like weekly training. Um, So we host what we call speaker development classes um, at least once per week, sometimes up to three times a week on specific topics. Uh, relating to starting or growing your speaking business. So you're learning about publishing, you're learning about influencer marketing, you're learning about branding, website development, uh, you're learning about building your brand, pricing yourself. So all of these different topics, and they are free. So there you go. <laughs> um, in addition to that, um, just being a part of community, I mean, the, the by its very nature, you're learning 360 from other people around you. And so seeing people launch their course, create their first book, earn their very first paid speaking engagement or their 20th paid speaking engagement, earn their first four figures, five figures, six figures. You know, we have all of that in the community. And in addition to that, speaking is very contextual just because I'm a professional. If I'm a professional speaker and my core audience is like corporate. Um, it's a very different experience than someone who's going after colleges and universities or K through 12 or who primarily host their own events or developing courses. And so the, the objective is to not just be around um, just speakers, but also speakers who um, are really in your, your, your peer group um, from an industry perspective and from a target market perspective. And so we're starting to develop these um, smaller communities, even within BSN, that we call competency circles, so that you can start to really um, interact and engage with those folks. But that's just at the, the free level. When you pay uh, to become what we call a premium member, um, premium member unlocks really the full power of the membership because people that invest in premium, which by the way is not expensive at the time of this recording, it's um, like it's less than a dollar per day. So it's like $25 a month or $250 a year, um, it will go up. So <laughs> depending on when you listen to this, it, it might be different. But talk, yeah, um, talk to them. <laughs> yeah, it, that's why I got the shirt on. I mean, you probably can't see it, but it says, if you wait until I'm successful to work with me, that's going to be a late fee. Like, <laughs> by the way, this is a shirt that you can buy at bsnshirts.com. But basically, the goal is to be able to provide people, um, meet people where they are, and um, in BSN, we thought the most effective way to do that is to require a minimum investment and then provide a la carte services or products to help get people to where they need to be. So for that $25, $250 investment to be a premium member, um, we provide what most people say that they desperately crave when they're, when they're in their first five years of speaking, which is visibility, credibility, 
and consistency. And so from a visibility perspective, we're doing a, a lot of things there. Um, when you join, you get an instant opportunity to speak on our platform. We call it a uh, BSN Spotlight. So it's a virtual keynote speaking opportunity. You come in, um, you're speaking to an audience of 10,000 plus, you're taking that video, repurposing it hopefully on your website, your social media, you know, and so that's your initial speaking opportunity on our platform. In addition to that, you're getting what we call speaker opportunity alerts. Um, now, there are all types of ways to find speaking engagements. And I don't, I don't promote the, the speaking opportunity alerts as this like magic box that speaking opportunities fall out of. Yeah. Because the reality is that you have to do the work as a speaker, you have to develop your own, you know, you should be attracting your own leads and stuff like that. But it's just a bonus that people have access to. Some of them may relate to your industry, some of them won't, but you get 15 speaking opportunities per week. And these are organizations that are with active call for speakers, meaning that they're looking to hire speakers now. So you get that. And then we also add you to our speakers directory. And so uh, one of the reasons I'm so excited about this new website is that we had a chance to evolve the directory. And so now um, speakers, I mean, excuse me, meeting planners come to us all the time, Pierre, and they're like, hey, do you have an MC? Hey, do you have somebody that can speak at my meeting? Hey, Chamber of Commerce or whatever. So basically now, on that meeting planner has one or two options. They can either click on your profile directly, go to your website and reach out to you, or they can submit what, they, what we call a request for speaking uh, opportunity and then use that as a chance to um, send that. Uh, once we basically scope the need and figure out what's the date, time, location, is it paid, what is it, what, what, are, you, what are you looking for, then we send that to all of our BSM premium members. So just by being a premium member, from a visibility perspective, you get all of that. And in addition to that, we are adding in other bonuses. You get discounts, you get early access, you get exclusive training. And, um, you know, we are in the process of developing um, actually virtual summits around each of those competency circles. And so if you're a health and nutrition speaker or if you're a technology speaker, there'll be individual summits that only BSN members will have an opportunity to speak at. And so our, our whole thing, again, is visibility, credibility, and creating um, consistency. And so that's, that's really what the membership boils down to. Man, I love how you broke down the, the key components of of what it takes to, or what the, what's the benefit of the investment and you're showing us, it's not just, you know, it's, it's, it's showing the, the benefits of being part of this and yeah, it's a plug and it's shameless plug here on the leading well green podcast, but it's also a testament to the work that you've put in to grow something from just an idea in your head to this, this global community of over 10,000 people and steadily growing uh, to this day. So I just really want to applaud you for your efforts and showing, showing that it is possible. Uh, you're not a household name yet. Uh, I know that's on the horizon, but it is possible with, with some bootstrapping and some grit and determination uh, to build something that that's, that's thriving. And, and speaking of thriving before we went out of time, man, this, this, this interview is going by so fast, but there are two things that I want you to, well, three things I want to want you to touch on and we'll take them one by one. Talk to, talk to us a little bit about the book and, and how that's connected, how that came out of, of the community. Yeah, so that's a fun story. So um, the book uh, that you're referring to is uh, Speak Up, uh, the ultimate, just speak up with an exclamation point. And then the subtitle is uh, The Ultimate Guide to Dominate in the Speaking Industry. And so um, it was, that, that was, that was a dream come true for a couple of reasons. Um, but we created the book with the specific purpose. If you're somewhere and you're like, man, I'm hearing all this. It sounds good, but I just want to know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Like my first recommendation is to, to read the book because the book really walks through those five M's that I just mentioned. And no matter where you are, I mean, it's not like it's not a novel. You know, you don't have to read it from cover to cover, but you can go in and pick a topic, and you're like, hmm, webinars. Let me find out how to monetize my webinars. Or, um, hmm, I don't know how to price myself as a speaker. I'm just getting started. So you can learn about that. You can learn, oh, hmm, like, what do I actually need with me when I go to speak? And so there's a chapter in management about that. And so 
all the things, all the fundamentals, and it's, it's not exhaustive, but if somebody's like, hey, what do I do next? Or even if you've been speaking for a while, you're just like, man, I might be leaving some stuff on the table. Let me just see how I can um, tighten up some areas of my speaking business. Then the Speak Up book is meant to do that. You got 35 chapters written by 35 you know, experts in each of those respective areas coming to the table. Plus, uh, we had the, the amazing blessing of having... Um, Les Brown and Dr. George Frazier write the foreword and the afterword for the book, respectively. So you got this great content with the yeah. bookends of two titans of our industry um, binding together. And so when it came out last year, um, we were able to do it in 14 weeks um, and get it out there. Um, it, hit, it did hit, you know, Amazon bestseller list, which was was a great honor. But then what was most fun to me, Pierre, is being able to get on the road and. Uh, and, and and hit we did 12 cities um and, and each city was different we went to um stanford stanford connecticut um we went to virginia beach we went to houston texas we went to black enterprise uh we had an event um atlanta here in baltimore of course la and uh every city had its own you know unique so that was the fun part to me being able to meet so many of our members partners and supporters and uh, be able to physically give them a copy of the book. Um, and, and it's still available now at uh, speakupthebook.com. Uh, people can learn about it, but it is meant to be kind of the go-to guide for people that are just getting started. That's a, it's amazing. Watching, tracking that project on social media from, from a distance, it was amazing to see uh, how how it all came together and still the reverberations of it to this day. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes so people can order their copy of Speak Up. Uh, the other thing that I want to ask you about before before we end this conversation, talk to us, man, about events. Like BSN is not just a digital online online community. There are you know some major events, conferences, summits that that have been in the works that have been advertised. Talk to and because we, you know, a lot of us love stuff like that. We love yeah. like these grand convocations where everybody can get together and hang out and share and connect and network. Talk to us about what's coming up on the horizon for for BSN. Yeah, so our annual uh, staple event is, um, and you're right, events are incredibly powerful, and we actually um, the the vast majority. Because I didn't mention this before, but I started hosting events in Baltimore under another name called Skills, which was uh, sharing knowledge and information for lifelong success. I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. We were just running around the city, like hosting seminars. But, you know, we learned a lot. Yeah. And, and it taught me that events are inherently powerful. And uh, when we started BSN, uh, we didn't do a lot of events initially because um, I really I didn't want to get locked into one geographic location. I knew it was important that we be able to scale nationally and even internationally. I mean, today we're in like 35 countries. And so it's like we really want to make sure that we can support those people. So we, we do have a lot of um, virtual events. But then, you know, even last year uh, we had a uh, end of year celebration to book in that that 12 city tour. And we were at an event space that was supposed to hold 45. We ended up having a 60. Mm -hmm. uh, so we hurry up and shut it down. You were there. I um, remember. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that experience was powerful, man. And so the, the, the goal of the, is to do more in the local market. Of course, this year with COVID-19, uh, we've had to make some adjustments. Uh, we just made the announcement recently that our Global Speaker Summit, which we're still super excited about, uh, October 9th, 10th, and 11th, um, is uh, going to be a virtual event for this year. And we will, um, you know, look to do a in-person event for the following year uh, if it's safe. But one of the things that, you know, we definitely aren't playing with is, um, you know, just given the scope and the magnitude of bringing people from multiple states and, you know, with COVID right now, most of the country has an increase in cases, not a decrease, which is not the direction that we want to see. Yeah. So our team just made a decision um, out of abundance of caution, even with the best um, uh, mechanisms, safety precautions in place, we just didn't feel that it was um, it was practical. So now people can sit in the, the comfort of their own home, but what a great time to be in a speaking space because you know, virtual events, you still, with the technology, if this had happened 10 years ago, people would be like, okay, 
don't know what to do. But now, I mean, there are platforms that do an amazing job of curating um, with a little creativity and with the right team, which we, we have both. Um, you can still create an amazing experience. So our global speaker three-day conference will uh, be focused around three areas, um, positioning, um, profiting, and presenting. So day one is all about, you know, creating your thought leadership, refining your message, making sure that you can separate your, get clarity and separate yourself from other speakers. Day two will be all about profit. We're going to talk about monetizing your message, how to sell your courses, how to sell your webinars, how to, you know, position your uh, offers effectively. And then day three, we're turning it over to our BSN members. And so we, for, for folks that uh, registered early, um, I don't want to throw too many dates in this podcast because people are listening at different times, but yeah. for the people that registered um, before the cutoff, it's um, we've opened up an opportunity to speak. And so we have 21 speakers. We're actually calling it Speaker Mania, which I'm excited about. Uh, Speaker Mania 1, actually. And so that's a bonus day of the Global Speaker Summit. And now our speakers have a chance to present on that platform. And they're not just presenting, but we're also inviting in meeting planners from um, other industry areas to be able to select speakers. So if you're a leadership speaker, we're going to have people that are looking for leadership speakers for their conferences, for their podcasts, and for their um, virtual platforms. Because again, the whole goal is visibility. And so super excited about that. That's an annual event. So no matter where you're listening to this, you know, it will either be in person or online 2021, depending on what happens in this interesting time we're in. Yeah. 2022. But, you know, uh, we have an event calendar on our website so people can always connect in and, and see uh, what's taking place as well. I'm going to I'm going to ask you, Brian, to to close with two stories for us and then we'll get into some shameless plugs. Two stories. Give me a story really quick in the beginning uh, where you started on this 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 road and this project with these ideas and you were at a stage where you said to yourself, do I really want to do this? Is this really going to work out? Is it really worth all of this effort uh, of everything that I'm dealing with? And then give us another quick story. One of those moments where you said to yourself because of an experience that you had or report from one of the members of the community where you said, this is exactly why, you know, I I felt impressed and, and called to build this community. So give me a tough story in the beginning and then one of those celebration stories um, from from where we are today. Yeah, you know, just to peel back the curtain, um, I got introduced to a term a couple of days ago on another podcast. Uh, I think she called it, it was Wendy Wise. She uh, called it uh, Parallelpreneur, I think. Uh, so for a while, I was in both worlds. I was working full time and building BSN. And I started BSN 2016. I just left my full time job in April 12th. 2019. So that was, you know, a a little over a year ago at at the time of this. So it's like for the vast majority of my time as an entrepreneur, I've been an employee. Mm -hmm. And for anybody that's in that situation, it depending on what type of job you have, mine was, you know, pretty demanding. And, um, and and it's not just about the time, but it's also about the creative energy that you have every single day. Like once that energy is gone, it's pretty much a wrap. So for me, like my, I struggled, honestly, to be able to be effective in both, which is the reason why we created the membership in the first place, because it was something where I know if I wanted to scale, if I had any chance of going full time, I had to create consistent revenue and I had to create a a methodology and and a process to be able to serve people on an ongoing basis. Like I couldn't be, um, you know, trying to schedule calls at one o'clock and three o'clock and 11 a.m. and flying here and flying like it wasn't going to work. So I had to start where I was with what I had. And uh, it was frustrating um, a lot of nights because my most productive time, I think, was Friday evening. So while everybody else was watching, um, you know, Netflix or going out and partying, like I came home and, you know, worked on my business and like Saturday and Sunday, Friday night were my core business hours. And if I had any energy left Monday through Thursday, I would try to get some stuff done, but it probably wasn't too much. And so, um, yeah, that, 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 but 
I told you about, you know, building the website, but I do remember my very first product. And I came home on Friday night, you know, sat down at my computer, got something to eat. Nine o'clock, I started working on. I didn't have any product. We had no business model yet, um, anything. And so I was like, man, I'm just going to create something. And so I created my first digital product. It's a $5 product called 51 Online Resources to Find in Book Speaking Engagements. It was a PDF. It was not a pretty PDF. <laughs> it was just a PDF. I started at 9 p.m. I ended at 2 a.m. and I went to bed and I scheduled it to go out at 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock it went out and at 8.05 I had my very first sale ever, my very first digital product sale, $5. So not setting the world on fire, but it, it, it represented a fundamental shift, which was, hey, I just took something that was in my head yeah. tw- less than 12 hours ago, and now it has manifested into my bank account. That's and cool. by the way, that was 8.05. By 8.15, I had three sales. By 8.30, I had 10 sales. And so I was able to, again, not make a ton of money. Initially, it wasn't about that. It was about the shift that I saw. Mm-hmm. And um, and still, you know, that that planted the seed was like, hey, if I can make five dollars, you know, a month, I can make fifty thousand a month, and, and that's the trajectory that we're on now. The second part of your story, or the second question, it was all worth it. That happens so often because every time that I get an email, and 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 that's actually speaks to the core why I started Black Speakers Network because again, there were already organizations out there that was dedicated to serving people who already had a lot of success and helping them get more success. Mm-hmm. Got six figures. Let me help you get the eight. Figures. Like, and I wasn't, because I didn't start there. Like the, I, I had to create an organization that where I was the number one customer. And for a long time, I was actually paying my own membership dues. Like I, when I, when we created the BSN membership, it was initially $15 a month. My credit card got charged $15 per month just to symbolize the fact that I'm my first customer. Yeah. Um, and so from there, man, every time somebody says, Brian, you know, I just got my first speaking engagement, like paid or not paid. Like I just got my first podcast. I just got my first speaking engagement. I just launched my first book. I just launched a course. I just, you know, got my first like coaching client. I just helped, you know, somebody, you know, things like that to me yeah. is what makes it all worth it. So, um, and I, and I, that, that happens weekly. So. Brian, give us, give it shameless plug time. Just give us the like, URLs, t-shirts, books, <laughs> sign up for the conference, you know, what, what, whatever it is, just, just kind of lay it, lay it on us, social media, the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we've already talked about um, so much. I would say for anybody that's um, wanting to get involved. So I, I'll speak to two people. So the people that, like you said, had never heard of BSN, I would just encourage you to join a community, join the BSN community. You can go to um, face, go to Facebook and just type in Black Speakers Network and join the public Facebook group. You can also go to bit.ly forward slash BSN FB for Facebook. So just join the community and you can start to get fed. We will also give you a ebook, a copy of the speak up book for free. So you'll get an instant link to download that. And uh, you can start to go through that um, at no additional cost. Uh, so that's for the people that are um, new to BSN and just need to come check us out for the people that are in the community now and haven't yet, you know, become members or whatever, like, what do y'all don't (laughs) know? Now, if you haven't that become a member, I would just say we're at a point in history that uh, may not come again. We had, um, I I saw an infograph the other day of all the companies that took action in the recession, Burger King, um, Airbnb, all these companies that were founded in the midst of economic uh, recessions, the ones that took action found themselves far outpacing their competitors. They found themselves in position to win. And so uh, this is your shot and it is up to you if you want to take it. And it's not even about membership or not membership. I I don't care about that. What I care about is people who have a message. Uh, There are people right now hurting 
um, and things that come easy to you, like super easy that you could easily, you know, whether it's building websites, whether it's helping people get out of their uh, abusive relationships, it's helping people heal, whatever that is, there, there's somebody hurting right now that you have the answer for. And so um, you have an audience that's waiting for you. And I just encourage you to serve them. And if, if what I said about BSN can help you reach those um, people that you're called to serve more quickly, then I invite you to join. Um, but if not, um, find a way to do it because they are absolutely waiting for you to speak up. My guest on this episode of the Leading Wild Green podcast is the great Brian J. Olds from Black Speakers Network. Brian, thanks so much for being my guest today. Uh, thank you. And thank you for, you know, creating this platform. And uh, thank you for being one of those people that I talk about, too, man, just leading by example, publishing, putting your work out, getting out there, man. Um, this is awesome. So thank you. Keep up the great work. Great conversation with Brian J. Olds, founder and president of the Black Speakers Network. It's incredible to listen to Brian's journey and his willingness to fight through adversity and challenges and build a thriving community that is committed to equipping, connecting, and inspiring the next generation of professional black speakers. Loved connecting with Brian. Put all the links to what Brian mentioned in the show notes. You be sure to connect with Brian, learn more about the BSN community, and how, if you have a passion for public speaking, how Brian and his mission can help support you on your journey as well. That's all I got for this episode. You know it's my mission to help you live, learn, and lead with confidence. So until next time, take care and God bless.